Jai Skan founder a charge of Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Nama charge of Srila Hurirasta ki jai. Prem Sikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nitananda Shri Dvaita Gadadha Shri Vasudhi Gaur Bhakta Vrindu ki jai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopgopina Asham Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhan ki jai. Shri Vrindavan Dham ki jai. Shri Mahayapur Dham ki jai. Gangamai ki jai, Jumunamai ki jai, Tulsi Maharani ki jai, Bhakti Devi ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Grantarad Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samabheta Bhaktivinda ki jai, All glory to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. So, Prabhu, please sit here so I can see you. You want to see me? Yes. I'm an ugly man. No, no. You are the devotee of Krishna. Inspired. Yes. Like that is fine. That is good. Hare Krishna. Bhagavatam ki jai. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Jai Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai So take out your phones <laughs> This is, this is a class where phones are encouraged. Because if you want to read the verse, you have to do it on your phone. So the verse for today is the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, 11th chapter, verse 26. So if you want to pull that up, then you can chant along. <clears throat> All right. Shri Onivasu Yasyora Pana Patramukam Drisham Bahavolokapalanam Saranganam Parambujam Shriyo Nivasho Yasyuro Panapatram Mukandrisham Bahavolokapalanam Saranganam Parambujam. 
Shriyo Nivaso Yasyoro Panapatram Mukam Drisham Bahavoloka Palanam Saranganam Padambujam Shiyo Nivasa Yashara Pana Patram Mukam Drisham Mahavaloka Palanam Sarangam Padambujam Ladies? Shiyo Nivasa Yashara Pana Patram Mukam Drisham Pahavoloka Palanam Saranganam Parambujam Shiyo Nivasa Yashara Pana Patram Mukam Jisham Pahavoloka Palanam Saranganam Parambujam Shio of the Goddess of Fortune Nivasaho Residential Place Yasya, one whose, Uraha, chest, Panapatram, the drinking pot, Mukam, face, Drisham, of eyes, Bahavaha, the arms, Lokapalanam, of the administrative demigods. Saranganam of the devotees who talk and sing of the essence or substance. Of the devotees who talk and sing of the essence or substance. Paraambujam the lotus feet. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. The Lord's chest is the abode of the goddess of fortune. His moon-like face is the drinking vessel for eyes which hanker after all that is beautiful. His arms are the resting places for the administrative demigods and his lotus feet are the refuge of pure devotees who never talk or sing of any subject except his lordship. Report. 
There are different classes of human beings, all seeking different enjoyments from different objects. There are persons who are seeking after the favor of the goddess of fortune, and for them, the Vedic literatures give information that the Lord is always served with all reverence by thousands and thousands of goddesses of fortune at the Chintamani Dham, the transcendental abode of the Lord, where the trees are all desire trees and the buildings are made of touchstone. The Lord Govinda is engaged there in herding the Surabi cows as his natural occupation. These goddesses of fortune can be seen automatically if we are attracted by the bodily features of the Lord. The impersonalists cannot observe such goddesses of fortune because of their dry speculative habit. And those who are artists, overtaken by the beautiful creation, should better see to the beautiful face of the Lord for complete satisfaction. The face of the Lord is the embodiment of beauty. What they call beautiful nature is but his smile. And what they call the sweet songs of the birds are but specimens of the whispering voice of the Lord. There are administrative demigods in charge of departmental service of cosmic management, and there are tiny administrative gods in the state service. They are always afraid of other competitors. But if they take shelter of the arms of the Lord, the Lord can protect them always from the attacks of enemies. A faithful servant of the Lord, engaged in the service of administration, is the ideal executive head and can well protect the interest of the people in general. Other so-called administrators are symbols of anachronisms, leading to the acute distress of the people who are governed by them. The administrators can remain safely under the protection of the arms of the Lord. The essence of everything is the Supreme Lord. He is called the Sharam. And those who sing and talk about him are called the Sarangas, or the pure devotees. The pure devotees are always hankering after the lotus feet of the Lord. The lotus has a kind of honey which is transcendentally relished by the devotees. They are like the bees who are always after the honey. Srila Rupa Goswami, the great devotee Acharya of the Gauriya Vaishnava Sampradaya, has sung a song about this lotus honey, comparing himself to the bee. 
quote. Oh, my Lord Krishna, I beg to offer my prayers unto you. My mind is like the bee, <clears throat> and it is after some honey. Kindly, therefore, give my bee mind a place at your lotus feet, which are the resources for all transcendental honey. I know that even big demigods like Brahma do not see the rays of the nails of your lotus feet, even though they are engaged in deep meditation for years together. Still, O oh infallible one, my ambition is such, for you are very merciful to your surrendered devotees. O oh Madhava, I know also that I have no genuine devotion for the service of your lotus feet, but because your lordship is inconceivably powerful, you can do what is impossible to be done. <coughs> your lotus feet can deride even the nectar of the heavenly kingdom, and therefore I am very much attracted by them. Oh, supreme eternal, please therefore, let my mind be fixed at your lotus feet so that eternally I may be able, able to relish the taste of your transcendental service." Unquote. The devotees are satisfied with being placed at the lotus feet of the Lord and have no ambition to see his all-beautiful face or aspire for the protection of the strong arms of the Lord. They are humble by nature and the Lord is always leaning towards such humble devotees. Oh, Hare Krishna, the lotus feet of the Lord. We sing of the feet of the Lord and the feet of the devotees as well. We aspire for the feet of the Lord and we aspire for the feet of his pure devotees. So what does this mean? What is, what is this, what is this whole feet business about? I mean, we begin the whole morning, we begin, Vande Garo Shri Charanaravindam, right? We sing of the lotus feet of the Guru. We just sang today, again, at the Guru Puja time. Shri uh, Guru Charane Ratti. You are also Ratti, right? Your name is Ratti? Mm -hmm. Hare Krishna. So, the real Ratti, the feet of the Lord. Again and again we hear about the feet 
Why is that? We hear Mahaprabhu. He first of all laments. He glorifies, first of all, he glorifies the, the Sankirtan. But then he laments that he has no attraction for the names of Krishna. And so he turns to the next stage. Trinadapi Sihishnuna. So he turns to the position of the grass. And where is the grass? Below the feet. He goes on. As he progresses, he then calls out, Ai Nanda Tanuja Kinkaram, Patitam Mam Vishame Bhavam Bodo, Stita Duli, Sadrishim Vichintaya. Give me shelter, place me as simply dust. Where? Where will that dust go? at the feet of the Lord. Prabhupada explains, sums this up in the last sentence of his purport here, that when we express the desire to be at the feet of Krishna, he says here, the devotees are satisfied with being placed at the lotus feet of the Lord. He even says here that they don't have any ambition to see the face of the Lord or to aspire for the protection of the strong arms of the Lord. They are humbled by nature and the Lord is always leaning towards such humble devotees. There is a hint here. First of all, we hear that it is the humility that drives the devotee to seek shelter at the feet of the Lord. It is our lack of humility that has separated us from Krishna. Somehow or other, we have turned away from the face of Krishna, what to speak of the feet of Krishna. And we have turned our attention towards ourselves. We have become self-centered, not Krishna-centered, and proud. Each one of us, we're in this world with so many desires, and we all believe we deserve everything. We just have to go on, and if we don't get what we believe we deserve, then it's the fault of the world. We weren't, you know, we weren't favored by the world. We didn't get the right body, or we didn't get the right situation, or we didn't, you know, the, didn't get the right chances and opportunities. Uh, 
So it's our pride, our, our self-centeredness, which has separated us from Krishna, and it is the opposite direction we have to go now. We have to go the opposite direction. Instead of seeing ourselves as the center, we have to see Krishna as the center, and we have to bow down, go down to Krishna's feet, surrender at the feet of Krishna. Because it is there, at that most humble place, some of you, well, no, you're not from India. You're, you're, you're from Guyana. I don't know if the culture is the same in Guyana. But in, in, uh, in India, uh, if, if someone makes a mistake, a, you know, a, a, a servant in their household or something, this is, happens all the time. And uh, they're, they're like, you know, afraid of, of getting fired or whatever. They'll bow down, they'll hold on to your feet. Right? They'll, they'll grab your feet. Uh, even aside from that, we find the politicians, they, they bow down, they take the feet of their netas, their leaders. And then in, in, in family, the children, they, they touch the feet of their mother and father. Did you do that as a child? Were you taught? Hmm? We have the same culture. Same, same thing. Because our ancestors are they're all They're from India, so they brought their culture there. So the, the, the idea of, of submission to the personality involves bowing down to the feet. It's not only in the Gaudiya tradition. I, I uh, was curious. So I you know, looked into the Christian tradition and other traditions. And in every tradition, every spiritual tradition, we find this, this idea of, of submission to the feet of God, to, being, to bowing down, to submitting yourself at the feet. And what happens then? This is the next thing that Prabhupada explains. He says, when, when someone goes down, when someone bows down and, and, and submits down to the feet, what does the person who's receiving that submission do? They lean down towards that person. They recognize, they, they give their attention. So Prabhupada's explaining that rather than having an ambition to, I'm going to come face to face with Krishna, Walk up and we're going to, yeah, eye to eye. <laughs> That's not, I mean, you might have that ambition with a movie star, for example, or, you know, some famous person. I'm going to walk up and I'm going to introduce myself and here I am. We are face to face and we'll turn around, we'll take a selfie, right? That's, that's, it, it, if you were, well, if you ran across some famous person, that would be your thing. Let, let me get face to face, right? And, and two, our two faces together and we're going to have... That's the, uh, the ambition of, the material ambition. To get a little of their glory rubbed off onto you. So the devotee doesn't have that ambition to, I want to see Krishna face to face, I'm going to come. 
Rather, the devotee simply wants to find the, the tiniest spot. Mahaprabhu describes this as like a speck of dust. Stita duli, to, to be situated as dust, tiny speck. And with the, with the uh, conviction that that is the actual shelter where I can find all perfection. This prayer that uh, Rupa Goswami uh, has composed, it's from Stavamala. So I thought it'd be nice to sing it. What do you think? So <laughs> I printed it out. Uh, I have no idea. Sundarlal, do you, do you, are you familiar with this raga? I'm, I'm going to ha pa pass it out. Here, here. Just, uh, I got to keep one. <laughs> it's Raga Gora. I, anyone? Here. Uh. Anyway, here, if you can. Do you, Sundarlal, do you know any of these uh, ragas? I tried to look it up, but the only, the only examples of this raga are sitar players. And I can never, you know... What's that? Anyway, do you, do you have a... Would you like to lead us, or...? I can make an attempt. All right. So this is from Stavamala, and uh, you'll recognize Prabhupada had trans. You know, he he gave the translation of this uh, in his purport. So, ah, anyone like to? Let's see. We can. I don't even know what the the beat will be, but. You know? Krishna Deva Bhavantam Bande. All right, everyone. Manmana Samadukaram Apaya Nija Padapankaja. I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to do it in a in a simple way, and and we'll just we'll just wing it. Unless you you can sing it for us, Chapa. Okay, so you do it. You 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 lead us. Manamanasa Madukaramapaya Nijabada Bankaja Makarande 
Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Okay, now the next one. Yad Yadyapi Samadishu Vidirapi Pashati Natavana Kagramarichim Something like that? Okay, I think we're going to just repeat this simply. Yadyapi samadishu vidir apipashati natavanakagra marichim. Yadyapi samadishu vidir apipashati natavanakagra marichim. Idam hitamina samya tavachuta. Tadapi kripad butavichim, idam ichan minishamya tavachutta, tadapi kripad butavichim. Krishna deva bhavantam vande, Krishna deva bhavantam vande, Bhakti rudan chatiyadhyapi madhava, natrai mamatila matri. Bhakti Rudanjati Yadyapi Madhava Natrai Mamatila Matri Parameshvarata Tadapi Tavadiki Durga Kalkatana Vitatri Parameshvarata Tadapi Tavadika Durga Tagatana Vitatri Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Ayamavilol um, I am Avilo Latayad Yatsanathan Kalitad Butarasa Bharam. I am Avilo Tayad Yatsanathan Kalitad Butarasa Bharam. Nivasutu Nityam Hihamrita Nindini Vindan Vamaduri Matsaram. Nivasutu Nityam Hihamrita Nindini Vindan Maduri Matsaram. Krishna Deva Bhavantam Vande Manmana Samadukaramapaya Nija Pada Pankacha Makarande Manmana Samadukaramapaya Nija Pada Pankacha Makarande All right, the translation. <laughs> we, we sang the words at least. Okay, so the refrain, O Lord Sri Krishna, I am offering a prayer to you, Krishna Deva, Bhavantam Vande. Manmanasa Madhukaram, let, please let the bee of my mind be offered the nectarian honey of your lotus feet. Arpaya, arpaya, to offer. Nija pada pankaja makarande. Nija pada pankaja makarande. The makarande of your lotus pada pankaja. Uh, then it begins, although Brahma in full samadhi, yadhyapi samadhi shu vidir, api pasyati natava nakagra marichim, although Brahma in full samadhi cannot catch a glimpse of even a ray of the effulgence from the tips of your toenails. Still, O oh Achuta, 
Having heard of the waves of your astonishing mercy, I long to receive your grace. Idam ichami nishamya tavachuta tad api kripadbuta vichim. Kripa adbuta. Astonishing mercy. Rupa Goswami describes, and this is also in Prabhupada's purport here. He, he, he describes it like this, that, uh, get to it. Prabhupada expands on this. He says that, O Madhava, I know also that I have no genuine devotion for the service of your lotus feet, but because your lordship is, is inconceivably powerful, you can do what is impossible be, to be done. Achuta has, I believe, infallible is the uh, direct meaning. But there's also the concept that of one who can do what is impossible. One who can accomplish what is, what, what is impossible becomes possible for the Supreme Lord. And Prabhupada is, gives this, this translation here that the Adbhuta Kripa means that although we have no qualification to receive this mercy, still we can aspire for it. We can still hope for it by taking shelter of the feet of the Lord. Then it goes on, O Madhava, although I don't possess even a sesame seed of bhakti for you. This is still by your inconceivable power which makes the impossible possible. This is what Prabhupada is directly translating. Please fulfill the desires of my heart. Bhaktir udanchati yadyapi madhava natvai mamatila matri parameshvarata tadapi tavadika durgata gatana vidatri durgata gatana that the Durgata, someone else was, was it uh, Hari Purusha, I think, was talking about this, or maybe you, you and I, were, we were listening to, maybe it was Radhika Raman, was talking about this, uh, this Durgata Gatana, what was that? The one who makes the, the Durgata, the, the, the thing that is impossible to reach, Gatana. Anyway, there was, there was something in that, uh, that lecture we were listening to. Excuse me? Yes, the Achintya, the Achintya Shakti. The Achintya Shakti, yeah, I'm getting my things confused between Achuta and Achintya. <laughs> okay, so the Achintya Shakti is des described as Durgata Gatana, that that which can make what is Durgata, what is not possible to achieve gatana, achievable. Then it goes on, hey Sanatana. So this, in this case he's 
addressing not his brother. <laughs> He's addressing Krishna as Sanatana. Because your lotus feet are filled with such wonderful rasa. Ayam avilolatayadya sanatana. Let the bee of my mind always reside unwaveringly in that nectar. Kalitadbhuta rasabharam. This again, Adbhuta, the same Adbhuta has come. He's spoken the first verse, Kripa Adbhuta. Now he's saying Adbhuta rasa. Kalitadbhuta rasabharam. That I can. Your feet are filled with that wonderful rasa. Nivasatyu nityam ihamrita nindini vindan maturima saram. So again the word sara. So we are connecting this, this saram is again coming in. So we see here the, how Prabhupada has brought the connections between this verse of the Bhagavatam and this prayer of Mahaprabhu. Excuse me, not of Rupa. Uh, this prayer of Rupa on two different points of connection. Connecting on the point of the feet of the Lord and connecting on the point of the Lord as described as Saram. The verse does both. As it ends with Saranganam Padam Bhujam. So we have these two concepts. The concept of the Lord being the essence. And then we, we get from Sara, meaning essence, we got Saranga, meaning the one who is attached to that essence. And then we get another term, which is actually different. I'm sorry. I got, I'm getting confused between, it's close, maybe we have got Sharana. We have got Sharanga, who's this, you know some Sanskrit. So Sharana is also, root is Shara. So there's some similarity. I'm not quite sure how it's the derivation, if anyone, anyone know? Because we get Sharanga, we get from Shar, and we get Sharana from Shar. And what do we get from Sharana? We get Sharanagati, the path of surrender. So we have these, these concepts building off of the, these words, building off of the root of Shara. Shara meaning Krishna, the Supreme, who is the essence of everything, the true substance. Here, excuse me? Sara means essence, yes. Now yesterday, some of us went out on Harinam. And we entered a world which was extraordinary super, extraordinarily superficial. I don't know if, you know, I, I was walking, I was just looking, and this, this, this structures that people have created, all of these images and, and expressions that they have made, 
which have no substance. There's nothing real within any of it. There's an attempt to express beauty or architecture or music or anything, but there's nothing real within. It's all superficial. And yet, that's what we're attracted to. We're attracted to all of that. This is the other point that Prabhupada brings out in this, that we're attracted, of course, there's very little beauty in man's creation, at least in, in New York City. There are some places where there are some beautiful creations of human beings, but I haven't found that much in New York City so far. Uh, it's, there's some interesting things. <laughs> there's, there's some things which are, you know, have some abstract beauty of some sort, but real beauty, we have to go to Krishna's nature. I think, uh, how many of you have not been out of the city in a month? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know, I I'm already feel, I, I, I left the city maybe two weeks ago and I'm, I'm feeling I gotta get out. Of course, you're going to Prospect Park, right? So you get a little bit of nature there. But here in the city, we, 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 we don't, find the beauty of Krishna's nature. But Prabhupada is saying that the, he's, he's describing how the artist here, what does he say? He says, uh, and those who are artists overtaken by the beautiful creation. So Krishna's creation is beautiful. They should better see to the beautiful face of the Lord for complete satisfaction. So I was reading this and I was thinking, well, this is, seems to be a little bit of a contradiction in, in, in the purport because at the end of the purport, we're recommended not to aspire to see the face of the Lord. And yet Prabhupada is encouraging the artists to aspire to see the face of the Lord. Uh, he's, he encourages uh, uh, but then he goes on to, to describe how to do that and it's not in the sense of that, uh, that I was describing before the face to face I'm going to you know be in front of you but rather it's through Krishna's creation he says that the face of the, the what, we, what they call beautiful nature is but his smile. The concept of seeing Krishna in the world around us, seeing Krishna in nature, sometimes we may think that, well, you know, we're aspiring for higher level of seeing Krishna. Maybe we want to see him in our hearts. We want to see him. We want to see his, his Bhagavan feature. And his, his Virat Rupa, well, that's, that's for, for the, you know, people who cannot understand better. 
And we want to come to the temple and we'll see Krishna in his deity form. But I propose that along with our aspiration to see Krishna in his archa vigraha, we should aspire to see Krishna in nature. We should aspire to, to come to that, that state of consciousness that when we see Krishna's nature, when we see the trees, when we see the sky, when we see the grass, when we see the flowers, we're reminded of Krishna and we see it like Prabhupada is describing, as Krishna's smile. As Krishna's smile. What a wonderful meditation to see nature as the smile of the Lord. And then he goes on to, to describe that when we hear the sweet songs of the birds, we should think that they are simply specimens. Prabhupada is, gives a, such a wonderful description. The specimens of the whispering voice of the Lord. Of course, here in New York City, we don't get to hear many birds, do we? Have, I, I don't... When was the last time... I don't actually, I'm trying to think, have I heard any birds in the, where I live in Mayapur? It's a, it's a cacophony of birds. They're, they're not all sweet, uh, sweet chirping either. They're the crows sometimes come in and they're, they're, they don't have such a, a great voice. And some of them can be quite uh, annoying. Uh, Sundar, you, you've lived in Mayapur a little, little bit and, and some of you are... Yeah. There's that one that goes, woo, 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 woo. And, and they start at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, this, this, this whooping sound, and then it goes down. Uh, <laughs> it can be, a, especially if they're, they're quite close to your window. But I was experiencing recently when I was in Mayapur, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was noting, hey, I haven't heard the bird. I was missing it I was, somehow. And then I heard, oh, it's moved over to, the, to somebody else's house. I said, okay, that's, that's, I like that. <laughs> it's a little further away. In the evening, we have a tree next to our, n near our house, which is a convention center, <laughs> a bird convention center. And the birds come there and they raise uh, for about half an hour. It's interesting. It's, it's not like all day. It's, you know, they come together half an hour. They exchange notes or whatever they're doing to talk about their day and, and what's happened. And, you and then there are some very sweet, sweet birds that, that sing. And Prabhupada describes this as, what does he say? He says, this is a specimen, a specimen of the whispering voice of the Lord. Now what do we, when we hear about the whispering voice, what is, when does someone whisper? Either they have a secret or they want to say something very intimate. Isn't it? 
เหมือนเหมือน lover and beloved are together they what is that phrase whisper sweet nothings <laughs> there's a phrase in English that uh, there's this whispering going on so Prabhupada's talking about the whispering voice of the Lord not his shout <laughs> he does shout sometimes he may have to shout at us maybe the thunder is the shout of the Lord <laughs> I'm not sure about that but uh, the birds are a specimen of the whispering voice of the Lord so we we can aspire to see Krishna to to feel ourselves very humble maybe like the grass in that creation tolerant like the trees in Krishna's creation and experiencing Krishna in his beautiful creation the last point of this this uh, purport that Prabhupada discusses here he gets into the whole topic of the administrators the whole topic of who are good administrators and who are <laughs> he's very curious uh, term that he he uses here note did you note that um, where is it okay he calls uh, other so-called administrators are symbols of anachronism leading to the acute distress of the people who are governed by them now this is a a, a real power-packed description of contemporary leaders he calls them symbols of anachronism now we know the what is meant by anachronism something that is out of place out of time doesn't belong and that the leaders of today are symbols of an attempt to to take the position that belongs to the chatriya who in today's world is would be an anachronism because there's no support there's no system there's no varnashrama so rather than being actual chatriyas the leaders of today take the semblance of the chatriya without the proper time and the proper environment and the situation of the yuga and they pretend they become symbols only symbols of what was a true the true leaders but still Prabhupada goes on to give us some hope by encouraging that administrators if they take shelter of the Lord then they can be uh, successful they can be safe under the protection of the arms of the Lord so these are the different points that I thought we could uh, cover from the purport here just beginning with 
understanding and, and, and appreciating the, the mood and the, the need to, to aspire for shelter at the feet of Krishna, not to, 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 to aspire from a position of true humility, to feel our real identity as tiny, insignificant parts of Krishna. But at the same time, in the following in the footsteps of Rupa Goswami's Stavamala verse here, to realize and to appreciate that the Lord can still grant us his Adbhuta, astonishing mercy, because he's Durgata Gatana. He makes the impossible possible. And then to understand that when we, do, when we try to aspire, we should still aspire to see the face of the Lord, but not in the sense of face-to-face -face as if we were deserving in some way, but rather to see the face of the Lord in nature. Now I also understand, and it's not described here, that the devotee, although when, when contemplating the deity form of the Lord, will begin by gazing upon the lotus feet of the Lord, but is also in the sense of offering oneself, we are permitted to see Krishna. We're not, we're, it's, it, I'm not telling you in this because, it, it, I, I, well, I might, let me put it this way. I don't think Srila Prabhupada is telling us here that uh, in his last verse that, okay, if you raise your head above, you know, you, if, you, if you, you take your eyes from the feet of Krishna and you just dare to look up and see his face that you're, you know, you're somehow offending him. That's not actually what Prabhupada is saying here. He's saying that we, we see, we, we, we focus on the feet of Krishna. That's our focus. That we know that that's our place. And we, we receive the darshan of the Lord as his mercy. Because Prabhupada ends by saying that the Lord is always leaning towards such humble devotees. We may and should place ourselves, our heads at the feet of Krishna, but Krishna will bow, not bow, but lean down and grant us his darshan. So with that mood, we approach Radha Govinda, bowing to their feet and looking up to receive their graceful darshan, their gift of giving us a vision of them, their smiling faces, their beautiful forms. Hare Krishna. So, anyone like to maybe add something or some question? Yes, Prabhu. Vrajarena, now you, 
This is Vrajarenu. Vrajarenu is Vrajarenu Das. Vrajarenu is the dust, the Renu of Vraja. So that is, that's another uh, emblem of the mercy of the feet of Krishna. Hare Krishna. So his question, for, because maybe everyone couldn't hear, very nice question. I don't know if I can answer it, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give some thoughts. Uh, the question was that, that when we, by hearing about the whispering voice of the Lord, we have some idea of what, what the connotation is, that what the mood is of, of the Lord, when, when someone whispers, then they're either communicating something very, very secret or something very intimate. And so the question was when, when, someone, when the Lord is smiling, when he, what's, what's, what's he conveying by smiling? If we, if we, when we see the Lord in nature, if we see nature as the smile of Krishna, then what is it that we're, what, what's the mood that we're receiving? Is that... You know, what, what, what's behind the smile? Because smiles can come from a number of, a number of, like, like a whispering voice can be different uh, reasons behind it. Simply, someone can smile because they're laughing at you. Right? That could be one form of smile. Oh, you're very funny. <laughs> you're really making me laugh. They can smile out of, out of pleasure. Oh. Thank you so much. Can smile out of out of happiness, out of joy. There can be a sarcastic smile too. There can be kind of a, a smile which is you know you know just yeah. <laughs> he he does that. Krishna smile. Yes. Yes. This is, this is fantastic. So, so just to repeat, so Sundarlal is explaining that Krishna, one of the examples of that is that when Krishna speaks to Arjuna, he's, he's smiling as he says, you're a fool. <laughs> you know, with a smiling face, he's like, you're a fool. So what is it? What's behind the smile? I, you know, I suppose it could be all of those things. Krishna's smile. He's by through his creation, and and and, and you know for the devotees, it's it's a smile of of joy and gift giving. 
here. Here, here, here I am in nature. See me in this way. For the materialist, it could be that kind of smile. You fool. <laughs> you think you can control this nature of mine? Here comes another tsunami. Here comes another forest fire. Here comes another hurricane. Hurricane Dorian that just wiped out the country of Bahamas. It could be amusement as well. But it can also be the compassion of the Lord. So, uh, Hare Krishna. Nice question, though. Yes, yes, that's another, that's another, another concept is that for Krishna, he, his, because this world is also called Krishna's Shristi Lila, that the, the, the world that we, we are in, we see, you know, for, from one perspective, this world is, is, you know, from our perspective, the world is created either if we're materialists, it's for our enjoyment. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to enjoy it. And, and that, that's also stated that Krishna creates, that the material world is created to give the, the, the illusion jiva soul the opportunity to pretend, to, to try to enjoy, right? And, and, and in fact, it gives, the shastras are given. There's, there's, you can attain heavenly planets. There's karma. All these things are given for and the world is created in, for that, uh, that pastime of the jiva trying to enjoy. The world is also created for the jivas to be rectified, to, to, to change the jiva. But the world is also Krishna's leela. It's, it's his own creation for his enjoyment, for his pleasure. He creates the beauty of this world because he's an artist. He enjoys making beautiful creations. So, and he utilizes this world for his leela, for leelas that he, you know, needs this kind of environment. Leelas in which he needs some demons, for example, to, to come around to fight. Various leelas, including his leela of Garanga Mahaprabhu's aspiration of spreading Sankirtan everywhere. So, yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, his, it's his pleasure and it's his grace. He smiles, even, he kills, <laughs> he, he destroys, it's all his grace. This is sar, the essence. Krishna is the essence of everything, the substance, the essence of everything.
And when we see Krishna as the essence of everything, everything becomes transcendental in that sense, spiritual. And we can surrender. Hare Krishna. Yes. Yes. So, like you said, you have to prove this material. It shows you the truth. And so, I'll give you divine eyes to see. So, uh, it's a contradiction. It might also mean that this divine is, is it from greater than Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll just to repeat if you didn't. So, uh, Sundalala is explaining that, that uh, in the Gita, Krishna says to Arjuna that he gives him divine eyes to perceive his Virat Rupa, but his Virat Rupa is the material world. And Arjuna is already seeing Krishna face to face. And that's certainly must be divine. He's you know, a divine vision. So, so in that respect, that kind of vision is a, is a down, downgrade of vision to, to uh, go from that platform. And, 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 and Arjuna ultimately kind of seems to concede that. He says, okay, I, I've had, bring me back up <laughs> to see you in your... your Original form, Krishna. All right. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Jai Shri Prabhupada.